0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. We are now closing out a series that we kicked off on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and that we're just calling Hope Fully because this life in, in God, this life in Christ is about hope. It's anchored in hope and so many times hope feels a little it can feel a little dangerous at times because we're all grown-ups in the room we've had our hopes where our hopes have been built up and then things kind of got yanked out from under us feel like the rug got yanked out from under us and it hurts it really does having your hopes wrecked um, it, it hurts. And we're not going to make a lie to that. We're not going to say that that's not a real issue. But the thing is, is that the enemy would want to come in and he wants to steal, kill and to destroy. But God comes that we may have life and have it to the full. And to do that, we have to have hope. In fact, if you look at your UVersion app, or you look at your bulletin that we handed you, that we've looked at this concept all series long, that life isn't fully lived if hope isn't fully embraced life is not fully lived if hope is not fully embraced you we will be too timid we will we will ride the brakes we will not step out and 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 take the opportunities and do the things that god god sets before us if we're not anchored and connected in that place of hope and our culture has even kind of tainted it we see it all the time You say, hey, I heard you uh, uh, applied for a new job. Do you think you're going to get it? And somebody says, hopefully. Well, we all know that that doesn't mean, oh, yes, I'm absolutely going to get it, man. I'm expecting the phone call in two days. Uh, No, when people say hopefully, that means probably not. And so our culture has even just shifted the word hope. And hopefully, as it's like this low-key, low-grade slightly positive expectation, but that's not what biblical hope is in any shape, form, or fashion. We've looked at Hebrews uh, 6.19 multiple times, and that this is so vital, that we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Remember, our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, and it enters the the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now, I know that some of you, this language is kind of cryptic. Because if you're not familiar with the Old Testament system of, of worship, that you're like, I don't, I don't get this. But in the Old Testament system of worship, they had the, the Ark of the Covenant. You might remember from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So we have the, that piece. And that was where the people of God met with the presence of God. It didn't hold the presence of God. That was the meeting place. And so, and God would meet there with his people. And it was a very holy thing and it had to be handled in the right way. And when they stored it, they kept it in this place called the Holy of Holies. And there was this veil, this big thick curtain that 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 covered up everything. And when Jesus died, that veil was actually torn and it was ripped up, it was ripped open, and we have access and to the presence of God directly, and it doesn't have to be kept away and hidden and, and not accessible to humanity, and because of what Jesus did. And so, but this, uh, this imagery here is that our hope that we have as an anchor, that, that it's, it's like that thing that was grasped the very presence of God. It gets into the very presence of God, it represents God Himself. We have that kind of an anchor to our soul. And our soul needs an anchor. Our mind, our will, our emotions, they need it. This life is ups and downs. There are folks in our community um, that that went to to bed on Friday night with, with one kind of mindset and woke up with a completely different kind of mindset. That all of a sudden, everything was nice and good and fine. And then all of a sudden, everything was wrecked. We've got a bunch of the Boys Ranch boys who worship with us and... Man, I'm telling you, they went through it. They went through it, and um, uh, you don't know it, but y'all, your, your generosity uh, allowed us to open up our facility to the boys' ranch for them to use this and kind of hang out and get a game plan. Uh, one of the cottages was wrecked, and there was one of the young men uh, was pinned in his bed um, out there, and uh, they had to come and lift a bunch of debris off of him. He's fine and he's good. Um, but I tell you what, when you go to bed, um, you, you think everything's good. You don't think that the ceiling's going to fall down on you and you're going to wake up with, with everything collapsed in on you. And in those moments, and I was talking to the house parent, uh, Keith, who's part of our church and has been for a long time, he, he said it, he was more rattled than the young man was, that he was just laying there and was calm and cool and awesome through the, through the whole thing and was able to be cool with it. And that's what real hope does, that even when the ceiling and the roof falls in on you, That you still have this place of peace. man. that is what it looks like. Even when somebody has to come along and help get you out of your situation, there's peace in the middle of it, in the middle of the process. And that's what God has called us to That's the kind of hope that we should have in Christ. And we need it. Because our mind and our will and our emotions are all over the place. Our minds, they go all over the place. Our emotions are a roller coaster in and of themselves. Our will... My goodness, our will is so fickle. We want to go to the gym. We don't go to the gym. We want to get on a budget. Oh, I need to buy that thing. Our will is all over the place. And we need an anchor. We need an anchor for that soul. We need an anchor for our mind, will, and emotions. And our, our, our soul is hungry for one. Our soul wants an anchor big time. It wants something solid and secure. And if we don't anchor it, to who God is and the person of Jesus Christ, that I'm telling you, it'll find one. It'll try to get a hold of something and try to find something to latch a hold to because it's hungry for one. And we have to be mindful of that because we'll end up grabbing a hold of the wrong thing. Years ago, we went on a, a college retreat out, out to a pretty little retreat center. And uh, in this retreat center, there was a, a little stream that went through uh, went through this little retreat center, and it, they had opened it up and had a little pool that was there. Not a swimming pool, but just a little pretty space where the, where the water widened out, and you could kind of see the stuff there. had a little bridge over it, and it was a neat little spot. But it wasn't a big flowing river. It was a little inlet of water coming in and then some water going out, and there's a little pool that was there. And on break, we were looking at this water, and it was nice and crystal clear and be able to see and saw these little tiny fish swimming around in there. These little bluegill, and little perch and that kind of stuff, little fish, running around, swimming around in there. and uh, but, they, but they were all real little, which uh, if you look on YouTube, uh, micro fishing is kind of a thing. It's like the anti, I want to show you how big of a fish I caught. They're going to show you how little of a fish they caught. And so, and they have little gear and these little bitty stuff and they catch these these and it's and it's funny the the pole will be all bent over and then they pull out this little tiny thing and they're all showcasing it I'm like man you're you're fishing for bait buddy what is the what, what are you doing? But it's a thing. Micro fishing is a thing, and people do it and, and fish in weird spots and, and catch these fish. Well, we, there was a bunch of these little tiny fish that are there inside this thing, and, and a bunch of college guys were bored, and we just said, Hey, we want to we fish. We want to catch these little things. Well, we didn't have any gear, we didn't have any stuff, so go out to the truck and dig around and had a staple gun, and so open that, so got some staples out and bent a little, uh, bent a little hook and had uh, some string. So got some string and had a hook, had no bait, had had nothing, had no, didn't have anything to be able to try to lure these things in. Just a hook and a string and we're like let's let's just try. It. Well let's just see. So man, we drop the little staple into there and I'm telling you it was like those fish had not seen anything shiny or different ever and they just Come out of the edges, and they—it's like piranha, and they just shot out. And of course, man, one of the first fast one there gets it. Man, we start yanking little microfish. I mean, we would have had an awesome YouTube video back in the day. We were just YouTube just hadn't been invented yet, and so, but it'd have been amazing. We'd have had it'd have been viral, and um, <laughs> and so, and so we were we were yanking these little fish out. And I'm telling you, you just stick the little hook, no bait, nothing of nourishment, nothing. There was any good in there, and then, man, I'm telling you, man, they would, bam, they would hit it. They'd see their little friend get yanked out. you think they'd learn. And nope, stick it in there and do the exact same thing and, and get down. We caught the same fish a couple of times, and so, of course, we were catching release. I mean, you know, you can't eat them. And so, and we put them in, and that same little guy would come back, and they just wanted it so bad. I don't know if that hadn't had, you know, they hadn't had food in there, that somebody needed to give those fish a sandwich. They needed something. And, but they just were latching on to this thing that had no value, no anything, but they were so hungry for it. I've gone fishing other times, man, that going would be a, a nice big fish, and I'd drag an expensive lure, like right in front of it. And it just looks up out of the water at me like, you really think I'm going to fall for this? I'm like, but that fish was... That fish had the food. It was nice and fat and plump, and it it was not desperate and hungry. But those little tiny fish were so desperate, man, that they would latch on to anything. And so many times, you and I, if we don't have hope as an anchor, we will get that way. We will get that we will just try that we need something as an anchor so bad, we will begin to latch on to all the wrong things, like, man things are up and down, and man, if I if had just a little more money, if my bank account was just a little fatter, you know what, then then things will be better, and so you, you say yes to the extra shifts, and yes to all the extra stuff, and you look up, and, and there's no relationship with your spouse, and there's no relationship with the kids, and, and the bank account is a little fatter, but there's still no anchor, it's still not enough, and so you're like, well, maybe I need the new thing, maybe, I, maybe the new car, man, the new car smell, I'm going to be all right, you know, I'll give me the new car smell, i give me the the, the, the new house thing. I, I, you know, I'd be able to have the, have the barbecue and invite everybody over and show off the new place. And, and you do that, and then it's still hollow, and it's still hollow. And you're like, well, then maybe, maybe it's something else new. Maybe I need a new person in my life. Maybe this person that I live with all the time, this spouse I live with. Maybe I need somebody else. And all of a sudden, you're just chasing, 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 chasing. And it's hollow and empty, and we need to have an anchor an anchor for our soul. And we have to be able to fully give, it, give ourselves to that. And we're most vulnerable. We're most vulnerable to grabbing on to something that's not life-giving. In fact, it's destructive. Whenever we're in a place that feels the most hopeless. But we need to know that we can hope fully even when the situation looks completely hopeless. Looks completely hopeless. We're about to read a passage of Scripture here in uh, Romans chapter 4. And Paul, as he's writing to the believers in Rome, um, he, he uses the story of Abraham. Abraham and him standing on and the promise that God had given him that he was going to be a father. That he was going to have, have, a, have a child. Now, Abraham was a wealthy guy. Abraham had been a guy who had pursued God. Now, he was not raised in church because Abraham predates Moses. Abraham doesn't have any of the of the temple worship. He doesn't have any of that. Abraham has a heart open towards God. And he wants to know the one true God and the one true God meets with him and speaks with him and gives him a promise. And asks him to go on a journey, leave the, the land he's comfortable with, the land of his fathers. And he goes on a journey to the land he's going to show him. He goes into a, the land of Canaan, and it, it's, it's occupied. And God says, I'm, I'm going to give you this land and your descendants. And, and, and he's there at night, and he sees the, all the stars of the sky. And just how th- they're not even countable. And he says, this is how your descendants are going to be. And Abraham's not sitting there holding his, his little boy's hand going, man. This is going to be awesome. You're going to have a lot of kids. You know, And he's not doing that. He's sitting there. He's sitting there alone. He doesn't have a child. It's him and Sarah. Him and Sarah, and that's it. And this, when this promise is given, Abraham's an old man. He's already advanced in years, and the promise doesn't just come about all of a sudden real fast. It takes a couple of decades for this to come to fruition. And and he stands and believes. And sees it to come about. And Paul uses this story. And we catch up in Romans chapter 4 verse 16. He says therefore the promise. He's talking about our promise. Comes by faith. So that it may be by grace. And may be guaranteed. To all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law. Which are the ones who. Were of physical descent. Of Abraham, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were, <coughs> that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said of him so shall your offspring be. Abraham, against all hope, in hope, believed. Against all hope. There made no sense. He didn't have any reason for hope. He didn't have any reason for hope. But he still, in hope, believed. He believed that God was faithful, that God was going to do what he said that he would do. And Abraham, in doing that, in holding on to God's word in spite of everything else, showed us what it looks like to pursue and to trust God. See, hoping fully doesn't mean ignoring the situation. That's not what hoping fully means. It's knowing that God's promise is bigger than the situation. Because here's the truth. There are situations that without God, they're hopeless. There are situations that without God, there's just no hope. It's just there's no other way. God has to be involved or there is no other way. And in the middle of those, when God is involved, it changes the entire narrative of the story. All of a sudden, now there's a way. There hadn't been a way, but now there's God. And so there is a way. And so we have to recognize that we don't ignore our situation. We just know that God is bigger than our situation. Romans 4.19 goes on to say. says without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact. That his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old. Here's a man who's a hundred years old. Who's still believing to have a child. He's still believing to be a dad. He's a hundred years old. And he reckon, he faces the fact that. He ain't what he once was. He recognizes. At one point, he was like, all right, God, I got this. All right. You want me to be a dad? Okay. I'm I'm ready to step up to the challenge and ready to to do what's necessary. And I'm I'm Abraham, and I can get this done. But at 100 years old, um, he's like, God, you're going to have to do a miracle or something. Um, at, At this point, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He was able to see that he was not able to add what he would need to add to this equation, but be able to trust it. And since he was about 100 years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. He's like, God, I'm I'm an old man, and Sarah's old, too. (laughs) She's She's an old lady. And, you know, she's 90 years old, and we're supposed to have a kid? I'm 100, she's 90, and we're still supposed to be standing on this? And the answer was yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because their child was a child of promise. And Abraham stood in faith and still moving forward towards that. And everything that that means, guess what? Date night did not end. At 100 years old, he's like, all right, baby. You better get dressed up. Cuz we got some romance. We got a promise. And I get it. I ain't what I once was and you're old. <laughs> but we going out. Cuz we got a promise. And that was that was him and he he faced he faced the truth of what it was. But he says he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God. So many times we say, okay, I believe God can work because I see how I think he could do it. You see, okay, God, if you'll put this piece and align it here, and you get my boss to do this, and you get this to do this, then man, it's all going to come together, and I'll give you the glory for it. Lord, I've got the plan. You just do the work your God thing on it, and it'll work, and I'm good. I'm standing in the promise. And we see a way it might could happen. We see how it might go. But it's a totally different thing. We're like, I don't see how this could work at all. I don't see how this could work at all. This is going to have to break the laws of nature for this to work. But you said it, and I'm not backing off of it. So you're about to do something pretty amazing because I don't see how this could happen on any other front. And he did not waver. Through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but it was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. This giving glory to God is saying, is him still running his mouth saying, man, God's, God's gonna make me a father. Now we're calling him Abraham, but that was not what his name originally was. His name was originally Abram, which means father. So everywhere he went, He's getting called father. Hey, father. Hey, father. Hey, father. He's like, where's your kids? Well, They're coming. They're on their way. Then God changes his name. He's going, I'm going to give you a new name. And Abraham may in that moment have been thinking, whew. All right. This has been embarrassing. All right. What's my new name? Ricky Bobby? Something. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Baby Jesus. All right. <laughs> and so... That, no, your name's not Abram anymore. All right. It's Abraham. Oh, okay. Father of a multitude of nations. <laughs> not just father, but father of a multitude of nations. What fits the picture of the stars of the sky. So now he's the one that has to implement his name change. Somebody else didn't do it. Abraham had to implement his name change. He went to all of his old associates. They said, "What's up, Abram?" Oh, good to see you. Good, sorry, it's Abraham. It's Abraham, Father of multitude of nations. I know I'm just you called me. You called me Father, but I need you to call me Father of multitude of nations. Thank you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Good. Meet you. He had to change his name. He had to implement it. Everybody knew him as, as uh, Abram, and he has to be Abraham. He's the one. He owned the promise that in every interaction he had. Every time he introduced himself, every time somebody called him, every time one of his servants talked to him, Eliezer, any of those other groups, he's like, you call me Abraham. You call me Abraham. I'm like, oh my gosh, this man is losing it. This man has lost his mind. And when we're standing on the promise of God, in the middle of the place that looks hopeless, it doesn't make sense to people who don't have God in the equation. It doesn't. So your friends and family that don't put God in the equation, when you're in this moment, it's going to look stupid to them. And you're just going to have to be compassionate with them and go, I get it, I get it that you think I look a fool. But I have the promise that God has given me, and and, and he's going to be faithful. And he is. He's going to be faithful. And I'm I'm standing on that. And, and and, 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 And not get mad, not get your feelings hurt that they don't get it, don't get in a twist that they don't get it. Just love them. But hold on to it. Why? Because he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. He was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised he was going to do. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. They're yes in Christ, and our response is amen, which means so be it. So every promise that has been given has been said yes. It's been echoed in Christ that it's yes. Jesus is the declaration of God's yes to his promise. You want to know how much God says yes to his promise? It's Jesus. Jesus is the biggest yes ever said. Because why? Because while we were yet sinners, while we weren't doing anything to try to do the little religious dance and get God's attention, while we were yet sinners, God sent Christ and Christ died for the ungodly. God was justifying the ungodly. I love that scripture says he was justifying the ungodly. So anything that we would say is God, you put un in front of it and that was us. Unloving, uncaring, unkind, ungenerous, on, 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 on. And God was justifying the ungodly. Everything that was direct opposite from God, God was making right. That was us. He was doing that for us. And so when you think about his commitment, we look back at Jesus. Jesus is the declaration of God's commitment to us. It's his declaration. This This is it. If he wouldn't hold back, if he wouldn't hold back his only son, if he wouldn't hold back Jesus, how much more would he not freely give us all things? He is Jesus is the biggest yes ever said. And so we say our response is amen. So be it. God, you say you want to do it, I don't deserve it, but so be it. You want to bring this promise about, I don't deserve it, but so be it. That is our response. Hebrews 10:23 says, "Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful." Our God, He's faithful. He's faithful, He's faithful. See, hope gives us something to celebrate, knowing that God is at work. We may not see it. We may not see it, but He is at work. It's amazing. How just knowing something begins to change things. Just having an awareness of something begins to change. When you know God's at work, even though you can't see it, all of a sudden it begins to change things. I, uh, uh, this week I've been trying to be mind what I eat for over the last six months and been conscious of it. And so Keenan has uh, t- uh, pointed me towards some ice cream. I like ice cream. And so uh, some ice cream called Halo Top, which has extra... Protein in it, and this stuff, and I tried some, and it was pretty good. And I liked the flavor. That was oatmeal, uh, oatmeal cookies, some pretty good ice cream. And so I was uh, w- at the store uh, last Sunday, in fact, and bought some more of it. And then bought this other kind. I like coffee, and it, there was this kind that was uh, um, this uh, caramel macchiato. I like a caramel macchiato. Thought the ice cream was going to be good. I get it. Open it up. Take a big old scoop of that. It was nasty. <laughs> that caramel macchiato was so nasty. I was like, "Oh man, maybe I had something rough in my mouth." <laughs> Tried some more. Oh, it's still nasty. It just tasted like a bad protein bar. I mean, just that. It was rough. And so, and I was like, I put it up, and I got the other one out, and it was better. And I'm like, okay, I got my oatmeal one. Um, this, is, this is good. I'm eating this. And so, then I was talking to Keenan a couple days later, and um, I was like, man, that caramel macchiato, that Halo Top missed it on that flavor. He's like, man, well, caramel macchiato's good. I was like, son, it's bad. It's bad. He said, dad, did you get the dairy-free one? I was like, no, I didn't get the dairy-free. I go to the freezer. like, Dairy-free. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, there ain't enough sorcery in the world to move the dairy out of ice cream, and it'd still be good. And so you can put some extra protein, and it tastes all right. If you take the dairy out of it, it's just over. Just throw that crud in the trash. And so I was like, oh. well, then I looked at my oatmeal one. My oatmeal was dairy-free, too. And so, but it tasted better than that other trash did when I had eaten it second. And I went back, and I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and finish that one. But because I knew it was dairy free, mm, it was no good all of a sudden. I still got all that stuff in my freezer. I can't eat it. Stuff's five bucks a pop. I ain't throwing that stuff out. I'm just going to look at it and be mad. But just knowing, knowing makes a difference. and, And you just. Knowing he's at work gives us something to celebrate. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. we were like, yes! God's doing something. That's something I'm going to pound my chest and I'm going to boast about the glory of God, the hope that I have of the glory of God. We see it in the King James Version. I love this. And in the New King James Version says, Though or through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice. In the hope of the glory of God. We are rejoicing about something we haven't even seen it fully manifested yet. But we have the hope that God's glory is going to show up in this situation. And that's what lets us walk through hopeless situations. Is because we have the hope that God's glory is going to show up in it. And we rejoice with that until the glory shows up. And it is our anchor to our soul as we walk through this. Romans 5:3 says, "Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that our suffering produces perseverance and our perseverance, character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope doesn't put us to shame. It doesn't put us to shame. We're not going to look like the fool. In the middle of this thing, when we hold on to the hope in Christ, it's worth hanging on to. Folks, our bottom line is when it's hope against hope, hope wins. When it's hope against hope, hope wins. And we need to recognize that. It's the places where it's the ugliest. You have anybody, you have anybody share their testimony in Christ. They've been walking with God for any length of time. They're good to, If they share one story, it's going to be the time that things were the darkest and the ugliest. And they held on to hope in God and, and saw the glory of God. If they share one story, if they share one story, it'll be that, that, that place that was dark and difficult. And they held on to it. Folks, when it's hoping is hope, hope wins. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.